When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Started spreading Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, aka Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Also joining us, making his second appearance on the show, Alexander Williams, aka Dan the Malformed. Welcome, man. How's it going? Pretty well, man. Uh, just like we got done saying, suffered a little bit of PTSD there, you know, <laughs> went through the flashbacks, but uh-huh. it's all right. I used some breathing exercises. I think we're going to be okay now. Yeah, I was definitely breathing into the old paper bag over here, just trying to trying to get through those last few Oladipo <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still shaking a little bit, I think. I just I couldn't psychologically handle another loss, let alone another loss in that fashion of giving up that late run again and kind of to a subpar Indiana team as well. So uh, I'm glad we got there. Let's get right into it, shall we? The, the Celtics, like we said, escape in the end with a narrow 114 to 111 victory against the paces of Indiana in Indiana. Not the best game and a pretty terrifying ending there. Um, what did you think of this one, man, in general? What are your takeaway thoughts from the game? Well, you know, it, it, it was such a strange game because we had such amazing stretches in the first and second quarters mm. when I would look up and it's like Jason Tatum has 16 points. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> uh, we've kind of come to expect yeah. this from, you know, the all-NBA player that Jason Tatum is you know, evolving into. Sure. Uh, but then as soon as, like, we kind of hit this precipice of where we were playing our best basketball, we would just fall into these offensive lulls, followed by poor defensive rotations and effort that allowed Indiana to come back. I mean, you said that this is a subpar Indiana team. I actually really like this roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I really I play 2K a lot. <laughs> but it's like, I think that they really gel well with a lot of what their skill sets, you know, allow them to do. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they actually go pretty deep into the playoffs, depending upon what seed they get um but uh biggest takeaway that i can kind of get from this game and just from the past couple Celtic game no lead is ever safe no, no <laughs> lead is ever safe you gotta like like cedric maxwell said bro you gotta stomp on these people's throats you gotta burn them you gotta like make sure their babies don't see them like you know what i'm saying like i just don't get it and 
Yeah, it's been rough. And then some of the decision making <laughs> down the stretch there, like um, like I guess to skip ahead right to the fourth quarter, there were some times where Marcus Smart was taking shots and I'm thinking, hang on, we've got Campbell Walker, although albeit not the greatest version of Campbell Walker, which we'll get to in a bit. We've got Tatum out there who's hot. Gordo who's having a good game on essentially his home soil there in Indiana. And yet Marcus Smart is like jacking threes and like driving it into Sabonis and Miles Turner in the clutch. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? It's not your role on this team but he's just playing his part in giving us all a collective uh, heart attack there um. yeah I mean, and you know it's funny because like i feel like marcus smart feels like he gets like those three sometimes whenever he does like a winning mm-hmm. play so it's kind of like this trade-off it's like all right you know i just box out some bonus so now i get to jack yeah. up this three <laughs> and it's like this balance that you have to like live in where you're like all right man just like can we just like have some of them go in or you just like not take as many because it's gotta be it's gotta be one or yeah. the other you know but um i mean and not to step on the other segment but i mean this is kind of like really where where we miss jason uh we miss mm. Jalen. yeah yeah absolutely we're going to get to to Jalen in a little bit because it does seem like not only Jalen but health is clearly emerging as like the most important factor for the celtics going into the postseason you can you can put yourself in in marcus smart's head there though when he's taking those shots and like he's got to be thinking like Fuck this man! I'm I'm fucking Marcus Smart. I'm taking the shot. <laughs> yeah. It's going in. I'm the Cobra. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course, this is going yeah. in. Like, and then of course we know Marcus Smart differently too. He knows himself, and of course it doesn't go in. Um, but he, he did come up pretty strong in the clutch there. Um, not my first option or even third option to take that clutch shot, but he did get one up. Um, basically right under the basket there. I think under it was either Turner or also Bonus to essentially put the game away. Um, but it was those paces runs to end the first and second half that um, that really got us. And I think we, we were looking really good essentially right up until mm-hmm. about four minutes to go in the second quarter and I actually tweeted this out. I was like, it was, this would be a very recent Boston Celtics thing to do to now give up a huge <laughs> run to the paces to end the half. And it's exactly what we did. Um, and then Oladipo gets so hot there uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter and like decides like, okay, this is my comeback game against the Celtics who, like obviously he doesn't care for us as Celtics fans but no. didn't realize how much we needed this win and he did everything he could to uh, to end it for us um like strong uh, positive takeaways from this game you've got to look at Jason Tatum like you mentioned and Gordon Hayward who has been uh pretty good the last few games back La Bird 33 posted in the post game thread there on Celtics Reddit Gordon Hayward has averaged 25 points since it was officially announced he had sired his first male heir, baby Gordon. Oh, <laughs> shit, so that was real? That he got, he got a boy? I don't know. Daddy's always I, I don't think it's been confirmed, but I mean, you could argue oh. the way he's been playing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of like track record there is for this kind of thing. Um, breaker of combos. Okay. Yeah, daddy seems particularly happy, I guess, is the, uh, is the hunch there that Larbird's going for. But he was great. It was a good showing from Gordo, and like, that's, that's what we need. I mean, look, honestly, like that, 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 that will single-handedly change the Boston Celtics season if Gordon Hayward has a son. Because, I mean, now we now we're into family politics and dynamics because you know, 
you know all of his daughters are just a, now just gonna get tossed aside. <laughs> he has the son. He's like, all right, thank God. Like, I get someone else in the NBA. All right, so look, let me let me just throw the hypothetical since we're on this topic. Please. What is the Boston Celtics 2040 team gonna look like? Is it gonna be Jason Tatum Jr., Gordon Hayward Jr., <laughs> Jalen Brownson? Is Danny just trying to like draft like all of the sons yeah. of players? Brad Stevens. That he has now? Brad Stevens is a young son as well. <laughs> Uh, it could happen. It could happen. It could be a very successful team. So, well, let's look. So Gordon Hayward's stat line right here, right? 27 points, five assists, and 10 rebounds. Like, that's the stat line you'd expect to see from, like, LeBron James or something, right? I mean, he's playing out of his mind. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And some pretty critical assists down the stretch as well uh, to end the game. Uh, four free throw attempts as well, which is not bad. But surprisingly, like we were just trashing Marcus Smart. Hayward has his incredible game and ends a minus four overall while somehow Marcus Smart walks away with a plus 12, a, a game high <laughs> plus 12. So the Marcus Smart saga continues there. Um, but just getting back to Hayward very quickly, um, it, like it seems like, and I think we're going to segue into Kemba here a little bit, for this team to be a threat in the playoffs, we kind of need three of our four top guys to be 100% healthy. And we've got two of our top four guys 100% healthy and Kemba partially healthy. And of course, no Jalen Brown at the moment. And we see us sort of just scrape by. Um, you, you know, you, you like this Indiana team. I, I think they were earlier in the season, they were quite good and they've kind of dropped off a little bit now. And of course, no Malcolm Brogdon. But it, it took two of our top four guys to be 100% healthy to just scrape by them. I think if we can go back or rather go forward into the postseason with all four of those guys 100% healthy, that's the only way that we stand a chance to, to progress to even the conference finals. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's like you hit it right on the head. I mean, you, we're, we asked this question of like, how can this team be more consistent? Mm-hmm. And it's straight up just health. You know, yeah. I mean, as much as we love the hospital, the ICU <laughs> and the coronavirus Celtics, like we just can't really like hope to go deep into the playoffs if we are missing our top dudes, because the team, the the NBA has just gotten so good around, you know, the league that it's just not enough. You you got to have your top guys going to the playoffs, especially when, you know, it's such a different brand of basketball. I mean, per NBA.com. They said that we've only logged 188 minutes of our five dudes of Tice, Hayward, Jalen, Jason, and Kemba. Mm-hmm. So Seems I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like we're good. Like <laughs> that number has got to be higher. Yeah. Yet, you know, with that lineup, we have a 12.5 net rating. So it's like, if if we're gonna go deep into the playoffs and get more consistent, then we got to be healthy. Yeah, it's this thing that having this top-heavy team, there's a huge risk there in that lack of depth where, you know, even in the playoffs, we might only bring two, maximum three guys off the bench. If those four guys mm-hmm. aren't completely ready to go, like we're seeing it with Kemba now, he's he's back, but he's not really back. It's not good enough. Like, they need to be fully ready to go. And, you know, I think we've got maybe 19, 20 games left in the season now. And, um, like, it's getting tight and it's getting frustrating and worrisome. And, like, if we think that these games are panic-inducing, like, imagine what it's going to be like in the playoffs where we're seeing these husks of this team that we enjoyed all season long and like suddenly when we really need them they're not technically there at all that's that's kind of worrying um i I suppose we should segue to kember a little bit because uh, it's kind of on on point of what we're talking about um is there something like deeply wrong with kember not really like a strong return 
for him after some time away with the sore knee. And I think that I think there's two modes of thinking here. Um, mm-hmm. But feel free to introduce a third or a fourth. Um, so one, he hasn't been great, and he needs a few more games to get back to his old self. That's probably yeah. Occam's razor. That's, that's probably the case. Number two, however, and I have seen this pop up on Reddit and on Twitter, he was never truly tested in Charlotte. He's not up to the challenge mm. to lead a high-expectation Celtics team. Uh, and now to make matters worse, he's got a bung knee as well. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, like, Where are you sitting with, um, with sort of the, the Canberra spectrum of emotions at the moment? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I think number one might just be the easiest kind of answer. But, I mean, also number two, I mean, we can't kind of, like, think of Kemba leading this team in the way that we think of LeBron leading his team, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, this is kind of... If not, if it hasn't been already, you know, this is like Jason Tatum's team. Sure. You know, and so Kemba, Jalen, and Gordon, as great as they are, they have to be these auxiliary pieces that just perform to complement what Jason Tatum is doing, mm-hmm. you know, to set the tone. Um, but as far as just this specific game, you know, I mean, I don't know, he, he just kind of looked pretty off. I mean, he had some really decent looks, you know, but he just, like, wasn't hitting them. And toward the end, I think, of the fourth and the second quarter him and smart were playing this like terrible iso two-man game that just like was not like conducive at all there was no side-to-side movement none of our offensive sets were getting played especially the horn set that we like to do Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean it's up to kemba to you know steer the offense when it needs to get steered because he is the point guard um and he bring up a really good point about him not being tested in Charlotte because it's like it's Charlotte so if if he drops 60 and they still lose it's fine sure. because that's it. it's Charlotte but I mean and, and this is something that I think has to play out throughout the season of Kemba you know being in these moments where he faces adversity as as a leader as a point guard and as kind of this off this driver of this offensive unit and just how he learns and grows from it um I mean we've seen varying successes of all that throughout the season but I mean, he's he's cardiac Kemba. I, I have to believe that he's going to figure it out for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, inducing other cardiac related uh, issues with <laughs> Celtics fans at the moment. But yeah, I mean, I, I think point one is is the way to go. I was chatting to Joe, who's a regular co-host on our podcast, um, before before we started recording here, and he's like completely fallen off on on trusting Kemba. He doesn't trust him at all, and um, not so much the shooting. I mean, he's shooting only thirty percent, thirty point six percent from the field after coming back since that Brooklyn mm-hmm. game. Um, but it's the mental mistakes, like uh, the late turnover uh, in the last game where he gave the ball up against OKC, and today yeah. missing uh, that crucial free throw that would have put the game away. Fortunately, we got away with it anyway. But it's these mental mistakes, mistakes rather, that are sort of coupling up with the um, the lack of a, um, the the physical camera that we know, I suppose, that is concerning. Uh, but yeah, plenty of games to go between now and the postseason, and perhaps as our reach towards the two seed kind of becomes more and more distant. Maybe we can just accept it and calm down a little bit as fans and as a team and just focus on getting ourselves right, not only physically, but like getting our minds right as well for mm-hmm. the playoffs. So hopefully that's something that can sort of curb Kemba a little bit and uh, and get him back on track. But um, yeah, certainly a little concerning at the moment. How, I mean, how much, like, do you think that the two seed is still in play or is it just like currently, I mean, do we have no chance of kind of coming back? Because right now we are three games behind Toronto. Yeah. 
and uh, I mean, their last ten, they're six and four. Our last ten were five and five. Yeah. I mean, if a couple of our games go a different way, you know, we we could like we could be in the two seed right now. So it's like, do you think that's completely out of the question? Which one do you value more? Do you value the two seed or do you value the health? I, I value being healthy and just like kicking ass when we get into the playoffs. And if we're the best version of this team, then I think that we can beat Toronto even without home court advantage. Uh, these narratives okay. in the NBA, they change so quickly. Even two, three weeks ago, it, we were the headlines in the news. We were on all the national um, you know, networks and, and, and TV shows that talk about the NBA, like first take and whatnot. They're all talking about how good the Celtics were. And now that's completely flipped. The Celtics have dropped off and have become terrible after a small sample size of, of not being great. And suddenly it's the Raptors, one of those, those sort of prime teams that are being talked about as contenders. So there's still plenty of time for that narrative to flip again and again before we get to the playoffs. Um, but my preference is definitely health because like we talked about, that's that's such a huge um, component of this team's success. And if we don't have that, I don't care what seed we've got, like we're not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. I feel like I I don't want, and it sucks because I, I like I watch YouTube constantly. Like when I eat, I have to always watch something while <laughs> I too, eat. It's yeah. very, it's a weird. It's a, yeah, okay, cool, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's somebody else. It's 2020. Like um, We're all there with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I feel like whenever I see the Celtics start getting named, you know, in Get Up or First Take or hella even Undisputed, because they never get talked about mm-hmm. in Undisputed yeah. at all. It's like the moment that happens, we just start falling off a cliff, you know? And yeah. it's so weird how, like, we have to kind of operate in this periphery in order to, like, do well, you know? It's like we, we need people not to talk about us. And, that, like, we kind of have to, like, have this distance between, like, the mainstream, like, sports media in order to kind of, like, do what we have to do, you know? Because I feel like last year when we had the, the winning streak, that's all people talked about. And then once that, you know, once the whole season fizzled out, mm-hmm. then obviously, you know, we just got shat on. But it's 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 just kind of weird how, like, we don't handle national media, like, well. No, yeah. And you bring up last year, I feel like our team currently is doing its best impression of last year's team. Just, like, showing, a, like, cause this game, for example, the Pacers, they came out so strong. And they had those vibes of, like, all right, enough of this shit. Like, we've been bad the last few games. But we're, like, we're back. We're going to go play like our old selves. And then, yeah, and throw back to last year. Just, um, you know, put their hands in their pockets, shut the bed, for lack of a better term, and uh, and just gave up those leads uh, twice in this game, unfortunately. So hopefully we can do away with that again and get back to, like, this year's Celtics team mentality. Because otherwise we're mm. kind of screwed. Uh, back to the Raptors real quickly. The next two games are against the Pistons and the Warriors, so whatever. But then they face the Sixers, and apparently Joel Embiid is very close to coming back. Uh, then they face us, which is a huge game, probably the biggest game, uh, maybe even for both teams for the rest of the yeah. of the regular season. Then they face the Nuggets and then the Lakers. So they've got this four-game stretch coming up, um, and we've got a comparatively very easy schedule at that time. And even with the Bucks coming up, uh, Giannis is rumored to maybe not be perfectly healthy and potentially not playing in that game. This could be our last chance to overtake them. So... Not completely giving up on the two seed, but um, it's looking less and less likely. The Raptors are strong and we're looking pretty weak despite just getting the win today. So so we'll see. Um, yeah, and you know, you, I'm just just a quick point about the schedule. Yeah, sure. I mean, with that, Celtics to Lakers because the Knicks aren't even a basketball team anymore. So or actually, that, that, six, that 76ers game, from the 76ers to the Lakers, I feel like so much can switch. Like, you know, we go on a winning streak, something happens, Raptors lose those games. I mean, and then, like, the two seed, you know, just really 
gets like hung in this balance you know mm-hmm. so uh it'll just be a really interesting race you know because i feel like that's something that also tied to last year yeah in which we were trying to like get that two seed and then we ended up again just shitting the bed yeah <laughs> big time <laughs> um before we move on officially from the the Kemba talk user orange cookie made a post only about half an hour ago on the celtic sub and it's titled there is some precedence for Kemba going ice cold for long stretches he said last year he had an 11 game stretch where he went this is shooting wise, seven for 23, three for 12, six for 19, nine for 17. I'm, I'm not going to read off each stat line, but it's well below, well below 50% from the field for, for that 11 game stretch. Um, and then he lists another five and three game stretch where he was also subpar. So his point is that it should not be surprising that he's going through another one in Boston, especially with a shaky knee. After those shitty games, he went on ridiculous hot streaks. So we're overdue for a 40 bomb from Kemba sooner rather than later. So... I guess to wrap up that Kemba segment on a positive note, it's like he's due, right? Like his knee's going to get healthy. Yeah. He's due and hopefully right around the playoffs, which are just around the corner. So we'll see. Um, I want to get back to Tatum real quickly before we move off the Pacers game. He had just had a couple of not so great games. It looked like he was coming back down to earth a little bit. And then he put, puts up a 30 spot in this game, a plus five overall. Um, he led the team in free throw attempts, um, 11 for 12 from the field overall, and just looked like his usual dominant self. Um, thoughts on, on Tatum on this one? Well, I mean, like we kind of talked about before we started recording, hmm. uh, the biggest takeaway that I can get for Tatum is Tatum without headband is no, no, like <laughs> I don't, he, he has to go back to the headband and the arm sleeve. Like I get it. He's close with Kobe. <laughs> Kobe had the forearm sleeve. I understand. I get it. Cause even it's, it's purple. It's not even like it's green, you know? So it's like, he's, you know, he's clearly trying to show this respect for Kobe, but don't sacrifice your team yeah. <laughs> to respect Kobe, you know, like you, plus the headband look cool, you know, it's like, okay. Like he's growing into like this kind of, you know an image NBA 2K. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's like all right you know taco j with the headband you know but it, it's, it's i mean i feel like once he made that switch that's when the celtics got worse i don't have any scientific data to back that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just gonna i'm gonna roll with no that's but, fair. i mean honestly honestly this team and i mean people have probably said this time and again this team is gonna go as far as jason tatum takes them mm. you know and it's really going to be those moments not where he's hitting the step back threes or, you know, the sidestep threes and, and, you know, driving to the basket. But it's can he play make with those with those slash and kicks? Can he play make when he gets doubled? How can he still make the offense run when people are picking him up? And we saw that happen with the Lakers game. You know, the Lakers are like, look, we're going to double Tatum and you're not going to be able to beat us. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. You know, and so when the playoffs, like we're gonna we're gonna see that coming, and teams are going to do that, and it's how are we gonna respond, and that's where we kind kind of turn to Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward and Kemba. We need those auxiliary players to step up in those moments when the defenses get really tight. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I, I felt like maybe uh, a partial contributor to Tatum's success today is that this felt like the first game in a while where teams didn't throw crazy doubles or crazy triples at Tatum. Like, he, he kind of had a little bit more room to operate for the first time in a while, and um, it showed with his stat line. Uh, crazy defensive effort as well, which, again, that you mentioned the team going through Tatum for success in the playoffs. 
Four steals today. Four of the Celtics' nine overall steals came from Jason Tatum. Just incredible defensive effort and instincts. Like, sometimes he doesn't even seem to be trying. It just sort of occurs naturally for him, uh, which is great. But again, going back to this health thing, yeah, having the other three guys, Kemba, Hayward, and and Brown, all available to benefit off of those double or triple teams is is something that we still haven't really seen a lot of, um, you know, since coming back from the All-Star break. So it's going to be really interesting to see, and I hope that they have some time to develop that dynamic before we head into the postseason. Uh, which brings us to Jalen Brown. Do you remember that guy? Jalen Brown used to play for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Feels like we haven't oh, seen yeah, him in I'm ages. I'm actually wearing a Jalen Brown t-shirt right now. <laughs> oh, nice. So I, I, <laughs> I know exactly what's, what's going on. Very here. on point. I, look, I I, I want to make this very clear. And I'm, this might be like becoming a Stephen A. Smith type character for the Celtics <laughs> <laughs> podcast. But I'm going to only assume the vacant position of the supreme leader of the Jalen Brown hype train, Choo Choo, because <laughs> honestly, as much as this is Jason Tatum's team, we're not going to win without Jalen Brown. Sure. That, that's just, that's obviously straight up. And it's like when, like, Oladipo, he was at one point at the very at the fourth quarter before he jacked up that really weird three that, like, really cost Indiana. That was such a dumb moment. Yeah. But before that, he was five for five from the three-point line. You know, and that's why we need Jalen Brown is we need him to get on Oladipo and all these players when they're getting hot and just be like, all right, look, I'm just going to play the best defense that I can, you know, because it's like we know that the teams are going to hunt for that Kemba switch. But it's like when we have these offensive lulls and like when we have these kind of defensive rotations that aren't working out and look, Jalen bumps on, jumps on pump fakes (laughs) like the rest of them. (laughs) But it's like he brings such a defensive versatility being able to guard one through four, sometimes fives where it's like we need him for those types of moments, at least to make Oladipo, people like Oladipo's life difficult. And, um, I mean, without – I mean, he's he's the fire. I mean, ice can only get you so far. You also need some fire <laughs> for it, you know? Like, that's why Shaq endorses Icy Hot. You need you need the ice to soothe the pain, and then you need the hot to warm yeah. it back. <laughs> <laughs> Got to throw some heat on it. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely everything that he brings to the, the floor defensively, I think he brings on the other end as far as his ability to get into the paint. Like, all season long, I feel like Jalen, maybe with the exception of Kemba because of his quickness, has been the best at penetrating and getting into the paint and his decision-making like that hasn't always been a good track record there but we look at the two runs at the end of each half that the Pacers went on today and on the other end of the floor the the Celtics are just jacking up threes where there's no rhythm going on for the Seas all the momentum is with the Pacers and yet they're just like on a, a weak screen you know Hayward did it as well despite his good game he put up one clunker of a triple didn't go in gave the ball straight back to Indy on a, on a fast break and, and they scored again Jalen can be a bit of a run stopper I think it's an underrated quality of, of him where he can just sort of pause everything and even without a screen um, with these sort of shifty hezzy dribbles he can get himself into the paint and at least get to the free throw line whether or not he makes all of those shots at the free throw line is, is a different story but in a game like this where things kind of slow down a little bit and you just need that run stopping bucket uh JB is so important there. Um, So, yeah, we are missing him a little bit. Uh, The overarching theme of this podcast seems to be that we're missing all of our best guys being healthy because that bench is so short. But but JB is is particularly important. So, um, uh, rest up, son. I hope you you feel better soon, JB, because we need you back. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and you bring up a really good point about being a run stopper, you know. Mm. And when the score was like 102 to 91, Brad called a really good timeout to just kind of like, 
get the guys kind of relaxed and like you know make sure that they're going to execute the right philosophy that they're going to need to win this game you know and i feel like in a different kind of game that timeout would have been called by the other team because jalen brown would have just caught another body dunking on somebody else and they're like all right now like hold on we gotta we gotta calm this down because we can't get people hyped up about jalen brown dunks you know so and i mean and you bring up a really good point about his his paint penetration because one of the key factors that has allowed him to become that 20 point scorer that we all knew he could be is just that patience that he has when he gets physical contact because before he would always just try to dunk over people or try to look for this foul that just wasn't that he wasn't going to get you know but now he adjusts his body in a way where he's able to use a lot more of his shoulder and absorb that contact to create like this little pocket in the air where he can like alter his shot and get a good you know get a good shot and that's where a lot of his good efficiency comes from Mm -hmm. is from those paint scores so it's like when you know when we are missing Jalen we're also missing that yeah absolutely and there's there's no valuable replacement player um the uh, I don't know anything really about the stat VOP, but it comes to mind that there uh, are there are no values values in our replacement players because our bench is so short and um, you know you put Marcus in the in the starting lineup that's that's great he's he's a great stretch six as he calls himself but there's no one really who can step in for our top four guys and it's just it's just not going to work like this down the stretch and certainly no hope of nabbing that two seed and no hope of even getting through the first round unless we've got them all so. Like I said earlier, the anxiety is starting to creep up a little bit. Um, but look, JB did have this hamstring injury in the playoffs two years ago. He did come back and play through it. Uh, and the difference is this time he's got plenty of time to rest and recover before coming back. So hopefully all good there. Um, now, I was chatting to, I mentioned earlier, chatting to Joe in our group chat prior to recording this podcast. And they obviously can't join us today. But I asked them if they had any takes that they wanted to introduce that we could discuss on this pod. Uh, Joe said two things. He says... He really likes his team, but he doesn't think they have quote unquote it. And he yeah. also asked, like, we all love this team, but like, do we trust them? Do we trust this team? So I throw that over to you, Dan the Malformed. Do you do you do you <laughs> trust this team? Obviously we love them. They're they're an adorable, lovable Celtic team. But do you really think we can rely on them to to bring it home this year? You know, I, I was trying to like come up with a really clever and snarky way of like <laughs> answering this question using like some kind of like analogy but it's like i and this is i think the best way i can sum it up is that the celtics like separate my heart from my mind (laughs) where my heart is like dude i've seen it before you know and we've in we've in we've even seen it in this game yeah where they've gone on these stretches where they're like oh shit they're just dominant yeah like you just you know tatum is rolling the offensive is clicking you know they're all like using high screen pick and rolls to like you know the best advantage that they can get and then you see like all the breakdowns where like nah they don't actually have it and i think maybe what joe was alluding to was that kind of killer mentality that championship teams have you know i mean even when toronto like obviously the warriors fully healthy we're gonna win that series but it's like you could tell that Kawhi leonard was just like i'm gonna this is my game yeah like i don't care what anybody does like this is it you know and it's not just that player but it's how that energy emanating from that player infects the team Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like sometimes we've been able to demonstrate that and use that to go on really good games uh stretches of games rather but it's like we don't have that consistently and not having that consistently is what it's going to really bite us in the ass um so i mean i want to say yeah it's it's like that 
it's like that girlfriend that you feel like like you're just hoping she gets it together eventually you know like man like if I, yeah like, this I, could I, be I so good like it's there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like you know like it's the this could be us meme that that's what the celtics are yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, this could be us meme but <laughs> Yeah, uh, do I trust this team? I don't trust them to stay healthy because, um, mm-hmm. like, trust is like in general based on like patterns of consistent behavior, right? So, I, do they intend to be so unhealthy all the time? No, but they are, and there's a huge track rec- record for it through this whole yeah. season. So, why should we suddenly believe that they're going to show up 100% ready to go and remain that way throughout the course of a long postseason? Um, obviously I would love that to be the case and this is probably the opposite of music to a lot of people's ears to hear this but like they haven't done anything to convince me or anyone I think that they can stay healthy or even show up healthy to the playoffs and and without that um, there's certainly no trust with anyone beyond like the seventh man on the bench or even six um, and that that worries me um, does that mean this will be a failure of a season? No way. This is the most enjoyable season uh, I have in, in very recent memory. Um, and who knows? They could completely um, prove me wrong. But that trust just isn't there. Not anything to do with them personally, but just their ability to stay healthy worries me. So let me ask you two questions. So we're kind of using this discussion as like a purview to the playoffs. Yeah. So let's say... We- two seed or three seed we have it locked down we have what like maybe two or three games would you prefer brad just like resting the starters and just like trying to keep them healthy for the playoffs or do you want like the momentum that we could get from like a win streak heading into the playoffs because like we kind of have to find a balance right between health and like the team playing at their best because we might have to sacrifice one for the other yeah, the old rest is rust mentality or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a tough one. I, I think based on, like, again, the theme of this has clearly been health. I think based on that, rest is going to be more important than any sort of, um, like, flow or momentum. Um, and I think any team wants to be in a position where they can rest their starters ahead of the postseason. Most successful teams that have got their seed, you know, locked down, they usually do that. So... I'd like for us to be able to do that because I think A, it allows our guys to go and rest it and B, it signifies that we're happy with our levels of success, that we're willing to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, well, how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, it's it's just really weird because oftentimes I look at like football where, I mean, granted, it's just like a one game and not a series when it goes to the playoffs, but it's like, you know, when a team is hot, it's just like they become so scary sometimes yeah. to play, and that can just infect like every part of their game. Um, but when it comes to like the Celtics, I mean, I think honestly, like we've been, we, I mean, right now we, we're kind of cl- trying to climb out of this drudge that we're in. And I mean, honestly, I just, I'd, I'd want to see our healthy starting five. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think when our, when our starting five, is healthy you know no bum knees no pulling hamstrings you know headband on tatum (laughs) headband on yeah man (laughs) like i just i just don't think that any team can fuck with us Mm. because we have such complimentary skill sets of our dudes and like they're not even at their final forms yet you know we're we're getting imperfect cell we're getting like not even final form frieza so it's like i i think i'd much rather have the health because it's like i mean you know we, we look we all want a game at the end of the season where the lineup is Tremont Waters, <laughs> Taco Fall, Romeo Langford, <laughs> Carson Edwards, yeah, and like Grant Williams, right? Like, that's what we want. So, 
yeah it's, it's the it. added bonus uh i i agree with you when we're healthy no one can fuck with us I've, I've felt like that all year and a lot of people have told me that i shouldn't feel that way it's not like a good objective viewpoint to hold but uh it's a small sample size but we have been so good with that healthy lineup and so getting that rest so important and um Assuming that we can get it, I'm so excited for the postseason because if we do show up healthy, I think we're really going to surprise a lot of people and, and a lot of teams that we go up against, particularly in that second, third, who knows, maybe even fourth round. Uh, we'll see. But look, sticking with the playoff side of things, uh, this is something that you brought up before before the show, uh, and that is death lineups, something that is um, very important when it comes to the postseason. You see those shortened mm-hmm. rotations. Uh, so what does the ideal like Celtics lineup of depth? We, we've heard that a lot with the Warriors uh, over the last few years. What's the ideal Celtics playoff death lineup for you? Well, I mean, for me, I kind of throw that out because it's like, look, like you know, the Warriors kind of broke the game because now everyone's trying to find this death lineup that they can use where like, you know, everyone can switch one through five. Everyone can hit threes. You know, there's playmaking from a different, from a couple different positions. And it's just like not realistic for every team. Right. But you know, when we have these offensive lulls or when we're, you know, slipping up on defense, I mean, we know that Brad likes to experiment during the regular season. So it's like, for me, like, what if we just kind of operate from the mindset that it's a thought experiment and be like, look, let Gordon play point. Probably Romeo is a shooting guard, Jalen small forward, Jason power forward, and then either Grant or Tice is the center. Spicy. And like, let's just... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Spicy as mayo. Um, let's, but, like, just, just to see, like, what we can do with these guys, because... And I, I kind of want to talk about Romeo in a little bit, but, I mean, if Romeo... If we drafted Romeo to try to be, like, this combo guard or maybe even the successor to Kemba kind of down the line, then, you know, we really need to see what he can kind of bring in a role where he plays that secondary like point guard position because I mean in this lineup Gordon would probably run the point bring it up the floor but I mean he'd be passing it off to Romeo to initiate probably the pick and roll and I think it's important that we see what offensive game Romeo can bring us because look we know that he's playing a lot because of his defensive instincts like you only play in Brad's system if you play good defense for sure you know I mean that's that's how you get good playing time so it's like we know we can he, we know he can finish you know his jumpers is improving from what we've seen at, at indiana but it's like can he actually run a point guard position like kemba can mm-hmm. and to kind of utilizing him in this lineup might be an interesting way of just seeing how we can unlock him and i mean look and i mean that that lineup right there that that can definitely switch one through five i mean maybe grant or tice gets beat by the by the point guard you know off the pick and roll but uh, I mean, I'd much, I'd, I'd just like to see it in action. At least you know what you got. You know when when you do need to change it up. When maybe the defense throws a zone at you, and you're like, all right, well, what can we do kind of in response to this? Um, I'm just kind of, I'd, I'd just be curious to see it as like an experiment. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, particularly with the addition of Romeo Langford there. I, I think that a lot of people would be hesitant if. I'm not saying I feel this way, but if in a playoff game, Brad's like, we're going with Romeo. <laughs> Much not the rookie. <laughs> game one, Romeo, you're starting all of a sudden. Um, obviously, it's all hypothetical, but um, uh, I think that he's probably a, a little prone to mistakes um, on, on both ends of the floor, but you're right. He doesn't suffer from that undersizedness 
that Kemba does uh, and that Isaiah Thomas and a lesser degree Kyrie did as well. Um, that is a, a five-man switchable lineup. And that's definitely like Brad Stevens' dream. I think he goes to sleep every night and has sweet, sweet <laughs> dreams of like five, six, eight guys who can all like step laterally like with quickness and, and guard every position. And he's like halfway there. I, I had uh, Haywood at the point guard as well. And it's going to be interesting to look back at this in about two weeks' time when maybe Kemba has improved a little bit and see if our, like our dream lineup of death um, have changed at all. But Haywood at the point guard because defensively, I think he's great at any position, maybe one through three and a half, one through four maybe. Yeah. Uh, Brown, Tatum, Shemi at the power forward, and then Tice at the center. That's a, it's a five... Uh, five-man three-point shooting completely switchable lineup and Shemi I, th- I think he's one of those guys that we can trust off the bench in the playoffs now like he's on this sort of surge uh, coming out of the all-star break as well where he's hitting these threes all of a sudden whereas in the preseason and early in the season I was like trade that dude um, while he still has value <laughs> and like now he's like really really good he's like one of our best bench players not that that's necessarily saying a lot uh, <laughs> but he's trustworthy and he can be part of that five-man switchable lineup and uh, yeah he's just like he's playing well he's playing within his like own mental and physical limits and he sticks to that role and I think um, when you've got guys like Haywood Brown and Tatum who are all great um, and ties to a lesser degree it's important to have like a like a beta person on the yeah. on the floor who can just kind of like play within um you know that that pool of alphas so to speak so um so yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And so i just uh i want to just do two two quick things number one shout out to my boy shemmy uh-huh. i got a pair of breast cancer nike hyper dunk signed by him oh, when nice. I went to summer league two years ago <laughs> that's awesome so shout out to my boy it's one of the best pair of shoes i've owned <laughs> um and then my other question though is we know that brad's gonna tighten up the lineup mm. come playoff time but can we ask but you know and you put semi where i would have put you know romeo for the lack of for the lack of comparison sure so can we kind of ask this question is it a lock or not that romeo plays in the playoffs I don't think it is. I think it's like a breaking case of emergency situation. I just think like Brad, he's been around long enough now since 2014 or whatever it was to show that like you really need to have earned your minutes and and his trust to get like any genuine playing time to the point where, I mean, I don't know how this is going to work because again, the bench is not deep. Like is Grant Williams guaranteed playing time? Like what, what is that? Like it's, it's going to be really hard. I think, Brad is going to be faced with some tough decisions of like, which guy that I don't like do I have to play is what it's going to come down to. And uh, that's why I mentioned Shemi because I think he is sort of more likely to to rise to the surface there in that decision-making process for Brad Stevens. Does Romeo Langford get there? Um, I, I reckon he'll play spot minutes, right? Because his defense okay. is, is that good and he yeah. might not be able to be relied upon to score at all, but I think he can get us a few stops. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it, it just really kind of comes down to, like if the Celtics have the same health that they've ha- that they have in the regular season in the playoffs. I think he's going to play. I mean, either him or Grant, mm-hmm. like one of these rookies, is going to have to have some kind of minutes. Um, but I mean, it, we've had Shemmy for a couple of years. You know, he knows like the system, what he's supposed to do. Like you said, he knows that he's playing this auxiliary role to the alphas that are that are on the team. Um, and I mean, I guess my question is, is just like what what value do you put on Shemi? I know, I know a lot of, I've seen a lot on the Reddit where like Shemi is supposed to be like our Giannis guy or <laughs> like LeBron guy <laughs> you know but it's like 
I mean, and I, I would, I'm going to do like a deep dive on like the advanced defensive stats, but I, I, I just kind of wonder if it's just for like the knowledge of the system that Shemi gets those types of minutes rather than like one of the rookies. Um, because I mean, you know, they're, Shemi, his his shooting has improved, um, and it's not like Romeo is a better shooter than he is. You know, like you're gonna get some kind of comparable yeah. like offensive <laughs> output. But I mean, it, it does kind of come down to it's like, well, like which which bench player is the lesser evil given the specific matchups that like we're facing right here. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's Shemi. Like he's just been like yeah. he's been with the company for like lack of a better term, long enough, right? <laughs> he's like yes, man. he's, he's one like, employee yeah. of the month a couple of times. You know, he's he's been around for a while. He's got good banter by the water cooler in the kitchen or whatever. Like he's a good good company man. Knows his role. Doesn't go, doesn't go outside of his lane. He just he knows what's up. And a lot of guys in that role, I think, are constantly trying to. And I'm not saying that Shemi doesn't have this in the back of his mind. But they're always trying to rise above that that role they play and become mm-hmm. like a guy in the league, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I feel yeah. like Shemi is pretty like just comfortable with his position, uh, grateful for it even, and, and just kind of like knows that that's his lane and, and like stays within it. Where a lot of guys, like we saw it with Rogier and Mook Morris last year, who oh, were yeah. like, "I'm better than that." So like, if you give me the ball, I'm shooting it. Whereas Shemi is like a little bit more trustworthy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Sh- Shemi is like the Ant Man of the group. He's just <laughs> like you said, he's just happy to be here. It's like, oh wow, I got included. Like, All right, cool, man. Like- <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, um, let's take a quick look at the upcoming schedule before we wrap this one up. I do have it in a tab somewhere. No, I don't. Oh, here it is. Um, I'm not even going to cut that out because I'm lazy. Uh, we <laughs> have, <laughs> maybe I should cut this out. Celtics schedule. I'm Googling it. Um, here we go. This is great radio. Uh, the Bucks, of course, coming up on what? Friday, Aussie time, Thursday, US time. And Giannis potentially not playing in that game and oh, uh, coach bud is like doing all these weird things with their lineup as well like bringing chris middleton off the bench and um just like doing i guess like doing a, a different version of resting his guys ahead of the playoffs okay. by like giving them bench minutes but um you know they, they dropped a game uh, or the last couple of games i believe so they're, they're not necessarily firing on all cylinders uh and then after that wizards Bulls and Knicks. So some like pretty those four games really if Giannis doesn't play, like those are some super winnable games for this team. And um, you know, we talk about getting our guys back on track and some rhythm behind them, like this this could be the stretch to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean before I kinda go off on this rant here, I just want to say that for looking at the upcoming schedule, Celtics 80 game win streak, book it. Don't <laughs> add me because it's going to happen. <laughs> Must carry over into next year, right? 80 games. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not, and that's what I'm saying because when we have that Celtics Raptors game after, you know, we destroy the Knicks, it's like that's what's going to be so important because the games that happen in between that, I think, are going to be really indicative of what we're going to, you know, be facing in the playoffs <laughs> and the type of uh, momentum that we're going to carry because after that Raptors game, we have the Nets, Wizards again, Grizzlies, Blazers, T-Wolves. And then the next team that we actually, like, got to worry about is the Heat. So, I mean, it's so imperative that we, like, kind of meet this balance of getting guys healthy but also getting kind of, you know, this win streak going because, I mean, we couldn't really ask for a better way of trying to get that two seed. You know, like, we've, mm-hmm. we've kind of, like, 
it's almost like the like the NBA has been giving it to us, and we've been kind of like fucking it up, and we're like, nah, that's all right. We'll like, you know, we'll, we'll turn the switch, we'll work. So it's like now is that time. Like, yeah, we gotta capitalize on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it now, like zooming out on the rest of the schedule, it feels like eighty percent, maybe eighty five percent of our games are completely winnable against non playoff teams there. Um, so that's exciting. And, you know, we looked at the Raptors schedule earlier. They've got a comparably much more difficult uh, schedule ahead. So fingers crossed. Um, we're about to wrap this one up. Any final thoughts? Um, you mentioned a rant that you wanted to embark upon. <laughs> <laughs> so I got just like these, I, I got like, so Please. this is podcast where, I mean, come on, it's, it's the Ray and Jay's podcast. Uh-huh. And I really miss Sam Jam, Jam Packard on that podcast because yeah, you always have this like junk drawer. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I just kind of like now I've like started compiling my own junk drawer. I, nice. I don't have a cool name for it yet, so I'll probably do that next <laughs> we'll, time. We'll work on pod. that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so real quick, you know, rapid fire. Pacers have two holiday brothers. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. No, um, are they related? To Drew? Get... Yeah. So well. there's, there's three holiday brothers in, in the NBA because two of them are on the same team. I feel like there's some. There needs to be a nickname there. Uh-huh. Um, Pacers get on that. Uh, is all the beat? Is all the beat? Old the beep, all the depot. Jesus, all yeah. the beep. Yeah, we know what you say. Is he the best singer in the NBA? Is he the only singer in the NBA? Yeah, it's a good, he also good has, question. He, he has an R and B uh, album out. It's really good. Mm-hmm. He has like two chains on the future and all that kind of stuff. So, um, really important question there. Um, unpopular opinion: Players should not get texts for talking shit to refs. Uh-huh. I think that's just like part of the game. Like, as a player, you should be able to curse out the ref to your heart's content and they should just deal with it um does tice get the worst calls in the nba i say yes um and then <laughs> I, I i agree on all of these points so far that's, that's all i have and to add i just like i just want to really like run home like we need Jalen. like yeah. Jalen needs like <laughs> so like come back to us baby we miss you. like you know i'm bending knee well i'll ask you yeah we'll do anything Jalen. just just come back come back soon come back healthy and uh yeah take care of that hamstring buddy because that's that's a recurring issue there so we're, we're worried about you and we're worried about the team so you know and of course he listens to this so he's going to hear all of this so that, that's great uh all right that's I, I love the uh the the drunk the drunk the junk drawer by the way that was uh, oh, the drunk drawer. yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that can be a working title but um i love i do miss those guys on the rating jays part as well have you have you had a chance to listen to um I think it's called Anything, Anything is Potable. Yeah, which I think is, is that's a funny title. Like, good for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. It. But it's just like, like they're missing each other. You know what I'm saying? It's uh-huh. like weird is it because it's like when, like, one, it's like when one dude at the friend group, like, just goes off by himself and then it just completely changes the dynam- dynamic. Gets because weird. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because it's like, dude, like, I love uh Corrales, I, I mean i think he does really good commentary and he's really thoughtful in his approach especially being like a former nba uh former player himself mm. but it's like he, there's just like this air that needs to be filled you know and like those guys those other two guys just did such a good job of filling it it's just kind of like yeah when are y'all gonna like just quit fucking around just come back to each other <laughs> you need each other yeah i, mean, I <laughs> guess the athletic pays very handsomely uh, that must be part of the reason why they left but yeah that dynamic on uh, on rainy jays is is gone unfortunately but i still listen every day because corrales yeah. has like the the unprecedented access to the team although maybe not anymore given what's going on with uh, coronavirus there but um you know hopefully he gets that back at some point and he can, he can get that access back but um 
yeah plenty of pods to listen to and if you're listening to this one by the way i'm assuming that you've already listened to all the other much better ones available to you so good on you for sticking with us um all right i think that's gonna do it for this one thank you for tuning in if you like what you're hearing please rate the podcast you can bump us up to maybe even slightly contend with some of those other ones we just mentioned subscribe and share it with your mates spread the word uh alex thanks again for coming back on man i really appreciate it yeah, man. Hey, man. Anytime you want me on, bro, I'm going to be here. And hey, do not discredit Ben's awesome work just because of my dumb ass. So, like, give the, give the pod good ratings, like, even though you hate me. Like, I get it. <laughs> and also, quick, just real quick, no one gave me the fucking Jalen Brown Jordan logo. Can y'all help me out? Like, I, I can't Google it. I can't find it. Yeah, like, I noticed I know that. somebody saved it. Like, please, yeah. please help me out. Get on like, that, please. listeners. We need that. Just, just to remind them all, it's, a, it's, a, it's the, the Jumpman logo, right? But Jalen Brown yeah, is just, like flat exactly. top Jalen. Exactly. Yeah, I would like that as well on a t-shirt, actually. <laughs> all right. Uh, great. Yeah, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we'll see you guys in about a week. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace.